Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old from California, personal development junkie. I'm a loan officer by day, podcaster on the weekends. I've always loved listening to podcasts. My personal development journey started early in high school when my ex broke up with me, and I just didn't know how to handle it. So I googled how to get over your ex, and I went and saw all these articles about personal development and really working on yourself. So I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. And I got into one podcast. It all started with the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. And then I just started to spiral and see Tony Robbins and just see everything and see everyone and listen to Angie Lee. And I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I've always gotten my own way. So I pushed it off for a couple years. And then I got furloughed from my job back in April and I decided, you know what, now's the time. It's either going to happen now or it's never going to happen. So I just did it and I started and I post, I sent all these TMs to so many different people. I thought so many people were going to say no. And to my surprise, a lot of people said yes. So I ended up overbooking myself doing three to four interviews a day for the first couple weeks was furloughed for 10 weeks and really maximized on that time and just did a ton of interviews and it's been incredible getting to interview so many different people from so many different walks of life and just hear about their struggles and how they were able to overcome them and reflect back on their 20s. I've interviewed such a variety of people from therapists to a chef who called off her engagement and called in the one to a singer to multi-seven-figure entrepreneurs to a real estate investor who retired at 27 is making over five figures of passive income every month. And it's been so incredible to hear these stories and these unfiltered conversations and just being able to ask any question that I want. And if there's one thing I want you guys to get out of this podcast, it's just to really live full out because you never know when You never know if you have tomorrow. We really only have today in this moment, so might as well just live full out. If any of these topics resonate or any of the episodes resonate with you, I would really love if you would leave a review and share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. Today's guest is Christine. I love chatting with her. She actually sent me her book before we did this interview, so I got to read her book and then ask her questions about it. And we go into so many topics in this interview from what to do if I keep on attracting the wrong men to showing up. Am I showing up the same person on dates that I am with my friends or am I showing up differently? How she met her husband. Can I really have it all? Can I have the relationship I want and the career I want? Is that possible for me? And so much more. So let's get started. So thank you so much, Christine, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to know about your story and your journey so far. How did you get to the place you're at right now? It was a, it felt like a long journey. I would say um, with relationships specifically, (laughs) I'd say I had some good relationships, but I would say there was about five years that was a really good struggle. And that's when I started diving into personal growth and wanting to see what my patterns were, you know, and all that. So it felt like I went to the depths of hell and back. And now (laughs) that's why I feel good now. So basically how I got to where I am now 
So uh, a little background on me. So I was a professional uh, wedding and celebrity lifestyle photographer for 15 years. And I was photographing primarily weddings. And I was drawn to weddings because I was attracted to seeing love and relationships, not just between the couple, but also between their families. I was always drawn to that. And I wanted that. And through that process, I learned a lot about what I wanted for myself in a relationship. You know, I got to see living examples of couples that, you know, had a love that I wanted. And there was also examples of maybe things that I didn't want either. You know, that's important to know, like what you, oh, oh I definitely don't want to talk uh, disrespectfully, disrespectfully to each other in public. Like that's not, that's not a thing that I would want. So uh, throughout that process um, and learning, I got to learn the areas that I needed to work on myself, the areas that I needed to heal, getting clear on what I wanted and also what I needed because that doesn't always match. Um, for example, I'm really emotionally sensitive. So I need a partner that understands that and can give me what I need emotionally. And, uh, and today I'm married in Venice Beach with my husband and we live with our dog, Jimmy. <laughs> and it's easy. It's easy now. And so that whole learning process, that five years, just felt so frustrating because it didn't feel easy at all. And I wanted ease because I saw with some of my friends the ease that came with relationships. So I can, <laughs> I can talk a lot more, more about the details, but I guess it depends on what details you want <laughs> during this five-year process. And I'd like for you to go into the ease of a relationship. So you think a relationship should have like an ease to it? Like it shouldn't feel like up and down and kind of like crazy? Should it have like an ease? Uh, that's personally what I wanted. Some people like turbulent relationships. I think uh, the push and pull might be fine for a summer fling in Italy for three months, but I don't want my forever to be that. I wanted my forever to be easy. And because, you know, life, I feel like throws enough challenges at us. I didn't want my main relationship at home to be the cause of turbulence. I wanted that to be peaceful and I want it to be easy. Then I knew I could feel like I could, you know, be happy and be myself and I can go out into the world and be the best version of myself. So that specifically for me was something that I looked for was ease. I'd love for you to go into you attract what you're ready for and what that means. Yeah. So for, I'll just talk about examples of myself. So there was a time when I would attract people who were not emotionally available. And that was because I was not emotionally available. And it was safer. It was a safer choice for me. Uh, because if they weren't, then I wouldn't have to be vulnerable and I wouldn't have to show myself. Like I didn't want to be seen fully because I didn't have self-love. I didn't have a lot of self-love at that point in my life. And so it was just the safer route to go after people who are emotionally available um, until I did work on myself and I became emotionally available and willing to be vulnerable and willing to show up in that way. And that's when I started to attract partners that had those qualities as well. And so if you see that, you know, your relationships and the partners you pick are turbulent, 
that is just a reflection of what's going on inside of you. And what was your transition like from being like a photographer to doing what you do now? Did you always know you wanted to go down this path and write a book and be doing the work you're doing right now? I never thought that I would be talking about relationships professionally uh, because when I was younger, I, I mean, I didn't think I was good at it. You know, I, I, did, I wasn't shown a good example or, an, or what I thought would be an ideal example of like healthy communication uh, with a partner or with friends um, showing up in that way. The transition happened uh, naturally. I, I think I'm a person that tends to outgrow things. And so after 15 years of doing weddings, I did feel a while ago that it was time for me to expand, but I didn't know what that looked like. And uh, with the pandemic that happened, I mean, the events industry has just basically just crumbled. It's non-existent right now. So there's no, there might be elopements happening, but there's not many big events happening. So I thought it was a good time. Like I had started writing this book a couple years ago, but I had time and there was no reason to not get it out. So I said, this is my goal. I'm going to get this book out. I've been wanting to get it out. And I had blogged about this stuff for over 10 years. I had a blog on my website. And besides sharing my photography work, I would also share my personal journey, personal life lessons, um, some stuff about my relationships. And funny enough, that attracted a lot of people to hire me too, because they felt like they knew me my blog was just a form of self-expression for me. So that's also where the book came from. It was a lot of, it started with a lot of on my old blog posts. I dumped them into a Google doc. And then from there, I, I wrote the book. Uh, however, I will say the career transition was not easy because there, there's a lot of fear around that because when you get into something uh, it, in your twenties, you know, like you, it's, I didn't have an exit plan. I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to photograph weddings for 15 years and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do. I didn't have a well thought out plan. I just knew I loved photographing weddings. So I jumped into that. I'm like, I want to be a destination wedding photographer and get to travel all over and get paid to do that. And I did get, I did get that. And then after a while I thought like, like what now? Well, now, what about when I'm 50? Am I going to still want, be wanting to do this? And wedding photography, it's pretty, it's pretty stressful. And it's hard on the body, too, because you're going all day. A lot of times the ceremonies are outside and you're in the hot sun. And I'm thinking long term. I'm like, this isn't something that I'm going to want to do forever. What's next? And so there was also a lot of fear of letting go of your identity attached to that career. Because all the, like my celebrity portfolio, all that stuff isn't going to be at the forefront anymore. And that was my identity for so long. And so now it's almost like starting over. Uh, I still do photography, but it's very limited. And now it's author slash photographer, you know, and it's like building a new reputation, a new company. And I, I know from previous experience that this takes time, you know, it'll take it takes years to build a reputation. And even when you're eight to 10 years in, you're still building a reputation. So I remind myself to be patient with it. And I would love to, for you to go into your writing style. What I loved about reading your book is you're kind of straight to the point. Like you don't have any fluff. It's like kind of like just straight on. 
versus like it's not it doesn't feel like fluffy you know and like it feels like your words are very intentional and could you go into that were you like can you go into like your writing process and how you came up with that method sure so I I appreciate when people are very direct with me as well I like being efficient being a high performer, I just love to be efficient and I don't like my time to be wasted. So let's get to the point is always what I'm thinking. And with relationships, we tend to like to romanticize things and some of it is fluffy and flowery. Yes, some of it is. But at the same time, with if your desire is to get into a relationship and for me at that point in time, I was just so sick of like my patterns and doing the same things. I'm like, let's cut the bullshit. And what, what can I do to be more efficient with this, to start change, to start doing things differently. So I get a different result. So that's, I mean, I almost like, I write almost like as I would talk to somebody too, because I feel like that's, it's easy. I think that's a theme. That is the theme of my life. I just want ease <laughs> and I want to make it easy for you. And the book is a really qu- quick read. Like you can, a lot of people told me they read it in one sitting, one or two sittings, you know, a couple hours, but it's effective. It has, I ask questions at the end of each, you know, chapter and they're really simple questions, but it's to help you gain clarity and clarity equals confidence. So as you begin to get more clear about your patterns and where you need to heal and what you want and what you need, then you can start going in the right directions of implementing that. And who's your book for? My book is for single, career-oriented, capable, independent women who would like to be in a relationship, who would like to be in a long-term committed relationship. Um, And I mean, the book is for women, but honestly, men have the same problem as well <laughs> with different nuances. But in today's dating landscape, I feel that with women women being so capable, that adds a new, like another layer of navigation around it because everyone is different and everyone has different def- definitions of what roles they want to play in relationship. And our upbringing often will teach us or put stories in our head of what that role should be for example disney movies or with men you know like same thing like the fairy tale or playing super mario brothers and thinking that they want to save somebody (laughs) and you know so it's just breaking down like and i mean a lot of it comes down to good communication too like who pays on the first date you know that i mean money should be a very open conversation and I guess with all this stuff it's very fun it's like functionality stuff right and traditionally it's not like the sexiest thing to talk about when we think about relationships you know that we like to think of the cosmic you know like <laughs> all those unspoken things but clear communication to have a long-term functioning healthy relationship is necessary so that's a big theme of my book is the functionality part of it like just don't think about the fun stuff about how he's a dj and you know he lives in italy and of course that's 
stuff's awesome. And yes, you sh- you have to be attracted to your partner. <laughs> That's the fun stuff. But also, don't forget to look at how he's treating you when you're crying your eyes out, because that will tell you so much about how they show up as a partner. Because anyone can show up when it's good. Anyone can do that. But it's when you're not doing good, when things aren't good, how do they show up? And that I think is one of the best tests to know if someone is a good fit or not. Because if they can't show up, it's like bad times are inevitable in life. If they can't show up during that time, I don't think it's going to work. Not long term. And can you go into the limiting belief of like, can I really have it all? Like, can I really have the career I want? Can I really have this relationship? Can I really do it all and have it all? Yes. Uh, Yes, you can. And for a long time, uh, I believed that I could not just based on my experience, like failed relationship after failed relationship. And uh, some men didn't like my independence and how I like to travel on my own and do my own thing. It became competitive and, um, but not all men are like that. My husband obviously is not like that. He, he loves that about me. And at first I wasn't sure. And I had to ask him because after we had met, I went to London for three months because I always wanted to spend an extended period of time overseas. And I had already planned this before I met him. And I checked in and I said, are you sure you don't mind that I'm always taking off like this? And he said, babe, that's why I chose you because you're confident going off on your own. And he's also a, a very independent person. And he wanted someone that like understood that about him like he has his own life too he has his soccer and his career and his guy time and uh, I totally understand because I have the things that make me me as well and I wanted someone to understand that as well so there's ease in that aspect so it does exist it does exist but I think it's easy to get fall into a place where you feel hopeless about it if all you've seen is something that just hasn't worked out right but that also comes down to patterns as well you're probably choosing the same kind of partner right they probably all have like similar qualities so it's giving you a a similar result so the key is (laughs) to start doing differently and to do things to stay open to stay open to going out with people who aren't traditionally your type you know i mean you're not i'm not saying you have to end up with this person is just to stay open and give it a chance and learn about yourself when you go out with different people. And how do you allow yourself to stay open if you tend to be like more closed off? Like there's no way this can work. I have this specific time. Right. I, (laughs) well, I mean, you'll be ready for it when you're ready for it because you, I mean, you can dive into personal growth and you can know a lot of things like I should do this, da da da. But you'll know when you're sick of your own shit. And I remember when I was sick of my own stuff, when I was so frustrated and I I plopped down on the couch like really dramatically and I was like crying my eyes out. And I s- said out loud, I said, I'm sick of feeling this way. And I, I meant it in that moment that I don't want to feel the same way again. I don't want to date the guy that makes me feel abandoned and like I have to like chase him and convince him like what is going on here. <laughs> so um so yeah, so I worked on my self-love, self-worth, 
um, learning not to think, take things personally that, because I had an attachment that my self-worth was in a romantic relationship that made me have more self-worth. That was a belief that I had that wasn't true, but I believed that. And so I really spent a lot of time developing a relationship with myself and treating myself how I would want someone else to treat me. And that meant taking myself on trips, like exotic trips. Uh, I went, uh, I still like traveling alone, by the way, <laughs> even though I'm married, sometimes we'll still travel alone. But yeah, I took myself to Micronesia and the Cook Islands and really learned to enjoy my own company. Um, and I mean, even like going to the movie theater and sneaking a burrito into the movie theater, like I, that's a me time. I love it. I really, really love it. So even now that I'm married, like my husband is so good to me, but he, like no one can be in your head 24 seven, you know, no one's completely psychic like that. So he can't, he actually can't treat me better than I treat myself. Like no one can beat that. I have that relationship with myself and it feels really good. It feels solid. So it, it doesn't really matter what I feel like what's going on in my external world I know I'm in a good place when I have that relationship with myself good self-love and how did you meet your husband and what was your first impression of him I met Pete uh in Venice Beach I was what was I doing I was having a brunch with some girlfriends and we were day drinking and then we went shopping um there's a street called Abbot Kinney a lot of shops and stuff and we were just hanging out all day. And then when we decided to call it a night, we called an Uber. And the Uber was late too, because we, it took, I mean, in LA, normally you can get one immediately. And this guy was driving in circles, was like 10 minutes. And we're looking on the map, like, what is he doing? And as we're waiting, a couple walks around the corner and the guy says, Chang. And this couple, I had photographed their weddings a couple of years prior. And they said, what do you do? I'm like, oh, we're, you know, we were just day drinking and shopping and we're going to go home now. And he said, we're going to have dinner with some friends inside. Why don't you join us? And I looked at my friends because I wanted to go, but I didn't want to ditch them. But I mean, luckily, girlfriends have like that intuitive, you know, like six month communication. <laughs> they could tell that I wanted to go. So they were like, why don't you go? We're going to go home. So, so I joined them for dinner and then uh, they had some friends with them and Pete was one of their friends and as soon as I looked at him I thought that he was very handsome he's a very handsome salt and pepper hair guy older and he looked responsible and the feeling was very peaceful it wasn't omfg butterflies when your logical thinking goes out the door it was just very peaceful and I was like huh you know it felt different. Um, and I had a feeling, I was like, this could be something good. This could be something worth exploring. And this one's different. And throughout dinner, he, I could tell he liked me because he kept asking me a zillion questions and he wasn't talking to anyone else at the table much. And uh, at the end of dinner, he, um, they asked where I parked and I said, I took an Uber and Pete said, uh, I can drive you home. I just have to get my truck it's around the corner you know I biked here but I live right around the corner and typical independent me said no it's okay no I can just call an uber it's fine and my client shot me a look Julie Benz and she said let Pete 
drive you to your car. And I said, okay. And so I let him drive me to my car. And that's uh, when he dropped me off, he said, so I would love to take you out to dinner. No bullshit, just like straight to the point. Um, and I liked that. I wanted someone who wanted to be in a relationship, who was ready to be in a relationship, who was very clear about it. And that is how I met Pete. And we've been together, it's been almost five years now. And how important do you think first impressions are? I, I don't think that they're that important because we all have, we all see things the way we want to see them. And also the first impression isn't an indicator of whether they would be a long, a good long-term match or not. And my neighbor is a therapist and I'll give you this nugget. She said (laughs) that those butterflies that you get when you meet someone And if your previous relationships haven't been working out good, she's like, do not listen to those butterflies because that is actually anxiety. It's actually anxiety. So yeah, with first impressions, because you can, I mean, I don't know, have you ever met someone where at first you're like, "Mm, I don't know, or even like a friend, like one of my best friends, we dorm next to each other. I did not like her when I first met her. I was like, who is this girl? It's very judgmental. And now she is like family to me she I love her so much so I think first impressions are are not an indicator of whether someone would be a good friend or a good match for you Mm -hmm. Um, but I think more importantly it's just more important to stay open and stay curious to get to know someone because after you start to get to know someone you can always make that decision or say oh I was right (laughs) my my gut instinct was right (laughs) (laughs) about the first impression and how do you date and not take rejection like personally Uh, that is a muscle that has to be worked I I mean I'm a naturally sensitive person so it was very difficult for me and rejection is still I think it's hard for anybody like if you get fired from a job or even if you were just if you wanted to quit but they let you go before you got to tell them. It's kind of like, oh, I just got rejected. Uh, that is a muscle. I, it comes back to uh, the self-love and self-confidence and just knowing. I think it's natural to feel bummed about things. But the distinction for me was feeling bummed and disappointed versus your world coming, crashing down. Because if it comes crashing down, that means that you have associated your self-worth with whatever you thought you know you wanted whether it was that relationship or that job where it has nothing to do with your self-worth that is completely separate so I mean first is having the the understanding of that you know because we all have stories that need to be broken down you know for example like if you think your self-worth <laughs> comes from your relationship, you know, and you really think that's true, it's actually not true. It's just what you think is true. I'd love for you to go into topic of how you're showing up on your dates and if you're showing up the same way that you show up with your friends. Yes. Uh, show up to dates as you show up with your friends. That's the real you. And that's what people, I mean, the right person will want to see that. And not everyone might like the real you, but I mean, that's the sorting process of dating. 
right? So, I mean, I never wanted to be bamboozled in that meaning. I didn't want someone to show up phony or fake with me in the beginning for me to learn later on. Oh, they're not really like that. I would be so disappointed. So I don't want to do that to anyone else. And I used to go out on dates thinking that I had to show up in a certain way to impress them or keep their attention. And that's not a good place to be. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, with my husband, I didn't do anything different in the beginning. It's just what you see is what you get. You know, I, I mean, I didn't like, I'm not going to wax. I'm not going to do anything, you know, because that stuff hurts. And I don't like 10 years in, I don't want him to say, you used to wax. Why don't you wax anymore? Because it hurts. I never wanted to do. <laughs> so I was me from the beginning. And then I just knew like, you either like, I like me, I love me, you know, and if you don't, then that's fine. Every there's, I mean, people have different tastes too. Some people, they're just like vanilla ice cream and you're strawberry and it's fine. You know, it's, but yeah, I just didn't, I wanted also to feel like I could be myself in my relationship. Cause to me, it's very painful what, when you feel like you can't be yourself in relationship or even with your friends or family, like the closest people to you, I feel like you should be able to be yourself. And the only way that I could create a relationship like that is to show someone who I am completely. And Pete loved it from the beginning and he's still around. So I, <laughs> but yeah, that's a big thing. Cause I think a lot of people show up as dates. They do things differently in the beginning, right? It's, it's not, it's not really you. It's like a, a representative of you in the beginning where people just, they just want to see, they want to see like the fucked up stuff too. And I think that's why on my blog, why people also liked hiring me based on my personal blog post because it showed that I was human. It wasn't, I mean, there's a lot of, photography is a very saturated market. There's a lot of photographers out there and a lot of their websites look the same. It's very safe. You know, it's very safe. But I do think that humans are looking to connect, you know, to what's real. They're drawn to that. Show people that, you know, show people your flaws and that you you know, like how you dress on a date too. I feel like it, by the way, I think it's good to make some effort. Okay. <laughs> to, to put a little effort. <laughs> I think that self-respect is if, if you take good care of yourself, but not to do anything too differently. If you normally don't wear stiletto heels then don't wear them, you know, wear your moccasins with pom-poms on them. Those are super cute. <laughs> and what do you think of a girl making the first move? I think it's fine. I think communication is fine. I think uh, it's different for everyone. I normally, I personally would prefer if the guy made the first move on me. I just personally like that, but I don't think there's anything wrong with showing that you're interested in someone. I mean, it's, it's, it's different today. Like, and, and sometimes like, what if the person's shy and they just like, it could be a missed opportunity, you know, if you don't just say what's on your mind, like, what do you have to lose? So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think um, create possibility, whatever, however method that works for you. And do you have any crazy like date stories? <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> 
crazy. I've had, I've just had some weird ones. I mean, with like online dating, you never know what you're going to get. However, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think I've had anything that was like too nightmarish, but I just, I just know some people can be weird, like swiping through those apps, but I became pretty good at filtering them out. Uh, because one, I would go, I would always talk with them on the phone before going on a first date because you, you can tell more about someone versus text. Anyone can be witty on text and you can't really, it's easier to hide weirdness or like, you know, with the conversation, at least you can see if you guys can hold a conversation you can hear the sound of their voice. And so I always either FaceTimed or spoke to them on the phone beforehand. And that helped a lot. <laughs> what questions would you ask them on the phone call? Um, the phone call, I, I wouldn't ask uh, many questions. I just wanted to see if we can talk. Like, how easy is this conversation? You know, how, how is their eye contact? Are they nervous? Are they shy? Like, can we hold a conversation? Because if we can't even hold a conversation, that's like, that to me was just like, a, I, I didn't want it. Like, I'd rather it, as some people say they're not a phone person because it's like awkward, but I'm like, I'd rather be awkward on the phone for a little bit than sit across from someone for an hour awkward. <laughs> so to be more efficient with the sorting process, um, yeah, phone call. And yeah, I can't remember. I didn't have like a list at that time of specific questions I would ask. It would probably be just really chummy stuff. Like if you met someone at a party, what you would talk about. And then if I found that I was attracted to them or interested based on that FaceTime or phone call, um, then I would ask more specific questions on the first date um, to get a sense of their values and where they were in terms of wanting a potentially a, a long-term relationship or not, or if they were even interested in that. Because if the answer was no at the time, and if I wanted one, then that's like a no. Like what am, if, if they're telling you and showing you that they're not ready for a long-term relationship, that's an automatic no. And through the years, I've learned that you cannot convince or change anyone like they have to decide that on their own but to be hopeful that will someone will change like you just really have to accept where they are in that moment what apps did you use there um when tinder first started i was on that and i actually thought tinder was really good when it first started now i think it's turned more into that's one of like the more like purely hookup ones so i hear <laughs> um tinder Bumble was out, but I, I wasn't too much a fan of Bumble just because I prefer the guy to make the first move. And I just, I've never became comfortable with starting the conversation. And was there any other ones? Oh, there were some websites. Was it Plenty of Fish? It might've been Plenty of Fish. My friends helped me make my profile for Plenty of Fish. And I did meet a guy on there and we dated for a while. Um, it was great, actually. We had a lot of things in common. Uh, I think those are the three that are on. I did. I have shot a lot of weddings where my clients have met on Bumble or Hinge. I'd say like 50%, at least 50% of them. And these are very successful, good-looking, wealthy couples. 
So I think with online dating, I usually recommend for people, like go on it if you feel good about it. But if you don't feel good about it, swiping can be really depressing. So I would say get off if you are not in a good space for that. But if you feel good and you feel optimistic, I think it's just another avenue to meet someone. And right now it's great too with the pandemic because it's harder to be out and about. I think online dating is great. It's a fantastic time to date right now because people, am I, am I allowed to swear on your yeah. show? I already yeah. did many times. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, like it kind of filters out like the fuck boys or anyone who would not put forth decent effort would automatically be sifted out. I feel like people need to put forth effort right now, which is a good thing. And you also, you get more opportunity to get to know someone, like really get to know someone uh, in a more meaningful way. And you get to see their values faster too. Like how are they dealing with this pandemic? You know, that's, that, that's a big thing. So, yeah, I think, yeah, online dating, I think. I highly recommend it, but only if you feel good going on it. And what was your intro to personal development? Or was your starting point? My starting point was one of my best friends had done a program called Landmark Education. Her husband had did it too. And uh, I saw the benefits that it had on their life. And my boyfriend at that time also had done it. And at first it was a little shocking because they were having these breakthroughs. And my reaction, because I hadn't done it yet, whoa, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) what happened to you? But I could see they were genuinely happy. And so I was open to it. So I did it. And uh, that program, I liked it um, because I like a direct approach. It really cuts the fluff and helps you break down stories. It helps with my communication. I liked it. Um, So with personal development, it's, you find what works for you. And there was some things that I've done personal growth wise that I just, I didn't like, but I was open to trying. I was always very curious. So Landmark was the beginning of it. And then there was a conference called A-Fest. It was originally called Awesomeness Fest. They shortened it to A-Fest and it attracted a lot of um, thought leaders and people who are into personal growth and after that, I, I was just interested in all aspects of it, you know, um, just living my best life and how to be happy and diving into spirituality. And it's a balance too, because you, you want to consume things, but you also want to apply them and take action. Otherwise you become a seminar junkie and you're just, <laughs> you're just listening to all this stuff, but you're living the same life. So, uh, so it's balance of that, but I will forever be doing personal growth to be the best version of my, of myself. So I could show up in a good way also for my husband and my friends and my family. And what is something lighting you up right now? Something lighting me up. I wrote a screenplay and I've always wanted to, I wrote one. And so I'm talking to people right now about getting that produced and I like the idea of that. And uh, someone asked if you could do anything, like what did the kid version of you want to do? I said, I would, I would make films. I would be a director. I'd write stories. I'm already writing stories. And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'm, I'm excited about the idea of that, you know, to try it on, you know, to try doing a new project. And I also, I just love writing too. 
and writing. I never thought that when I was younger, I thought that I wasn't a good writer, like English class. I wasn't, I wasn't drawn to it, but I realized, I think cause I thought I had to do things a certain way with the way that we had to analyze books. I never knew that I could do things my way. Like I can be creative and write it my way and people can respond to that as well. Um, so yeah, the just more writing and then possibility of making short films. And I'm already writing my second book. It's going to be on loneliness. What's your screenplay about? Screenplay is about an ex of mine. And it's a story about going through all the emotions, you know, of being disappointed that something doesn't work out but still having hope that you know what's meant for you will come. And he, I did think about, <laughs> like, well, what about my husband? Why don't I do a screenplay about him? But he's so healthy. And <laughs> like, there's no drama with him, so he would not make an entertaining <laughs> film. <laughs> I said, with this guy, it's more entertaining. There's the push and pull of it. And um, an idea came from a blog post that I had wrote about... Um, about my experience, you know, dating with them and why it didn't work out and, and all that. And that was a turning point in my life too, where I felt like I was starting to come around. Like I was disappointed that something didn't work out, but I knew I was more clear on what I wanted. So I'm like, it's helping me. It's helping, helping push me in the right direction. Cause with every relationship, you're just learning, right? You're just learning about yourself and it's good to focus on that versus the other person because a lot of times you know you want to focus on the other person and stuff but it's it's what are you learning about yourself and what's something you're learning right now I am still learning to how to communicate better um, with my husband he I okay I'm the fiery one I say I need to work on my temper and lucky for me he is not a reactive person at all and he's, he's not sensitive in that way, thank God. <laughs> because I don't think I, it would work if I had a really sensitive partner. And I'll just say things that are on my mind, sometimes that aren't even necessary. Like, is this comment necessary right now? And it's me balancing, because I value truth a lot. And sometimes the truth, I think, isn't kind. So sometimes it, it's, necessary, it's necessary to say things, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes not. So I'm, I'm building more awareness about being kind. I definitely, I don't want to lie. That's the thing with the truth versus kindness thing is, you know, if you ask me, do I look fat in this? I, I'm a very literal person. I will give you an honest answer. And some people, when they ask that, they don't want an honest answer. They're looking for encouragement to like, tell me I look okay. Which I'm all, when they say that, I think, why don't you, it, just tell me like, hey, can you give me a compliment right now? <laughs> but yeah, I never want to lie, but I think there is a way of being honest, but still kind. So that is what I'm learning. And how do you have that balance of being honest, but still kind? <laughs> it's always a balance, right? <laughs> I, um, I think, I mean, most of the people in my life, I feel like have the, the self-awareness to and the same values as well that they want the truth and and they accept me for me but me also being 
understanding that not everyone operates the same way I operate. And so with honesty, I think it's learning just to also just hold my opinions unless it's asked. That That's a big one. Usually like, unless they ask me, they, there's no reason for me to spit out every single opinion that I have. And what motivates you? What motivates me? To be honest, my emotions motivate me a lot. I think being an achiever, a lot of it, I mean, I'm, I'm growing out of it as well. I think a lot of high achievers have this is where if someone tells you you can't do something, you really want to prove them wrong and do it. I still have that in me. And that that's part of my drive. And the more I do personal growth, the less I have that too. I felt like if I was really healthy in that way, I probably wouldn't be... <laughs> be built built like wanting to build something big I just be super content with my life so I do like that I have that but also what motivates me is inspiration and wanting to inspire other people and wanting to connect with other people that has always been a constant theme in my life so uh, getting to connect and have meaningful interactions with people because I think that's what life is about too is when you you're on your deathbed at least for me, I'm not going to be thinking about what I accomplished. I'm going to be thinking about my relationships. And if I liked how I showed up with other people. And what's something that most people don't know about you? I was in the first Fast and Furious movie. And I'm not going to tell you guys where. I was an extra, by the way. All my friends are like, where were you at? I'm like, I'm going to make you watch the entire movie. <laughs> and usually when they find me, they screenshot it and send it over. But yeah, when I was 18, I was into that car racing scene and they were looking for extras and I had a fixed up car. So I played a girl racer in that movie. Fun fact. <laughs> and if you can go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you tell her? You do you. I mean, even the weird stuff like you do you because that's the thing that's going to set you apart from everyone else way too many people play it safe and they literally look the same their instagram feeds look the same and the weird thing is the thing that allows you to build the thing that you want to build and attract the people in your life that you want to attract well thank you so much for doing this thank you where can people connect with you uh, my website is christinechang.com, Chang spelled C-H-A-N-G. On Instagram, my Instagram is at cchangnco. And my book is available on Amazon right now uh, for Kindle and paperback. And the title of the book is Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.